Welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. Stories That Shape Us is a daily podcast where I share my perspective on how different experiences influence our view of self, how we interact with others, and how we show up in the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stories That Shape Us podcast. My name is Joanna Daniel. In this week's Stories That Shape Us, as I shared uh, yesterday, we're talking about sexual trauma and some of the ways that it impacts our lives. So for today's episode, I have a special guest, and she's a couples therapist. We're talking about how sexual trauma affects intimacy and connection in marriages. So she's an author, a speaker, and a psychotherapist and that works with couples and individuals. And so help me welcome Alison. Thank you for joining us, Alison. Is there anything you'd like to share about yourself before we get into the conversation? Um, well, thank you for having me, Joanna. I think you've done a good job. <laughs> I think um, what, you've sh- what you've shared about me is appropriate. So let's just get stuck in. Awesome. So we, we had this free conversation talking about sexual trauma um, and how it impacts um, intimacy and connection in relationships. I wanted to do this as it's Sexual Abuse Awareness Month because I do it myself sometimes, but I wanted the perspective of somebody who worked with couples to see how, just talk about how this plays out and some of the things that couples can do to help when this is a feature in the marriage. Now, I'm talking about a marriage, and and I know you work with safe marriages, marriages that are safe, there's no abuse. How can somebody tell their partner and how can the couple now work with this change that is that has come in? And I say change because sometimes it changes dynamic after the conversation has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the person who experienced this, the trauma knows that it's happening the whole time. But now when they've built the courage up, if it hasn't been done before. But l- let me say this first. Do you advise people tell before or after marriage that, you know, I've experienced sexual trauma? Obviously, if you can, if you can communicate that before marriage, um, you know, it, that's that would be really good because then you you give each other the opportunity to to really process what that might mean for 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 you as an individual and in the in the context within the context of your marriage. That sexual trauma is a, is a very sensitive thing, and for some people, it, it might be very tricky to disclose that before marriage. Um, so it's very difficult to say if there's a right or wrong. I think it depends on the individual. It depends on what they feel comfortable talking about and when they feel comfortable talking about. But at some point, I'm, I'm hoping that this is a, a discussion that happens between mm. between the couple and I, I don't think that anyone should be um blamed for not talking mm. about before marriage or for anything to talk about it after marriage when we talk about trauma we're talking about something that's happened that affects the way we we we, we, we think or we respond uh, sometimes people don't always remember all of what happens mm. in that traumatic mm. situation uh, you know, one way of coping with trauma is just is just burying that event and not really remembering it clearly or only remembering fragments of what happened. And so it, it might not always be possible to talk about it before people get married because 
sometimes they might not be triggered enough to actually recollect all of the yeah. trauma or actually in fact that they had they have this trauma so it depends on the individual it depends on what's going on for them at the time if they can disclose it if they can talk about it before marriage some people do but mm -hmm. i don't i don't i don't think a lot of people talk about it before they get married i think a lot of people talk about it probably possibly after marriage after and i suppose some people don't know how it's going to impact yeah um before even if that that is if you have access to the information i didn't have access to that information before um yeah. marriage was re-traumatized giving birth and then was dealing yeah. with it like about four years into yeah in, into the marriage um so that i didn't have access to the information so when i when i asked i was thinking if you have access to the information if you're doing your healing if you are if you have some understanding of how it's affected you you know, is it, is it, well, if it's safe, then if you have access to the information, is it advisable um, to talk about it before? If you know, if the person know and have access to the information and some of the ways that it's impacted. I mean, if you know, and some of the, the ways that it's impacted, then, you know, I think it's best to talk about it um, before you get married. I think, you know, that's something that trauma is something that affects people on an ongoing basis and if you yeah. can both be open and transparent about you know what's happened how it's happened it might effective communication is is a really is really key in all relationships mm. and in marriages and you know if you're with somebody who is understanding who is caring who is empathic who is compassionate um, you can have that discussion and still go on to have a very healthy and fulfilling marriage. Um, it just means that you've got somebody alongside you to kind of walk that journey of healing with and, and to support you on that journey. Having yeah. said that, having said that um, mm. it, it also depends on the person you're with and, and you know, how how you gauge their response might be or whether they're ready or whether they might need um some some sort of professional input as well as part of that, that, that process that journey um so i think there, there are a number of factors to think about but you know if you're if you're aware of it if you're going through your healing if the person that you're with is supported supportive open-minded and understanding and can can be compassionate and empathic then it's a good it's a good thing to effectively communicate that that information and you know you you mentioned all the all the reasons why i wanted to have this conversation because you said if your partner is supportive understanding empathetic and compassionate and that's that's what somebody who is healing from sexual trauma which at whichever place the conversation happens in the in the relationship that's what somebody who's healing really needs empathy compassion understanding and support and care and that's why i wanted to talk about it because i know there's there's some sometimes it's the opposite it doesn't it doesn't happen and that's why sometimes there's a fear it, it's a taboo subject anyway and it's a fear of talking about it generally so when we're going to talk about it in in our in our marriage then there's that fear am i going to be supported am i going to be understood will i have compassion will they be empathetic 
will any of these things happen? Um, so how does that impact connection, Alison, if this thing is, has happened to me, mm -hmm. but I'm, I can't talk about it, but it, it's, it's, I'm, I am carrying all the impact on my own and I cannot bring it into the space. How would that impact connection? It's then it's it's it gets very difficult to connect because there's there's so many things that will trigger um, a memory. There's so many. It, it could be a sound. It could even be silence that could mm. trigger a memory. And you know when when that's that memory is triggered for a lot of people, they kind of are in a place where they're almost re-experiencing that that abuse all over again some people will freeze some people will the if basically what's happening is you know the fight or flight response kicks in the yeah. certain parts of the brain are shutting down other parts of the brain are quite active and you're on a state of hyper vigilance and there's there's a sense of danger there's a sense of well, you know, this terrible thing that happened in the past potentially is happening to me again or is going to be happening all over again. That's no state to be intimate. That's no state to emotionally, yeah. freely, warmly yeah. with anybody. So um, it's, it's, it's a biological process that's going on. And it's not because... Mm -hmm. The individual who was traumatized is being difficult, as some people will think, or it's not because they don't Thank want to engage. Mm. It's just because they can't help it. As much as they might yeah. love you, as much as they might really care about you, the brain at that moment in time does not have the ability to differentiate between past and present, between facts and and fiction so the brain is doing its own thing it's taking you back to that place and you know if you took a step back logically you might think oh why am i so silly which is what a lot of people say to themselves i'm being yeah. silly i'm not you know wh why am i doing this it's not like this person is the same person but actually the brain does not have the ability in that moment in time to say this thing happened 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, even, or 10 years ago. And this is a different person. This is, we have to train the brain to understand mm -hmm. that difference. And, um, yes. you know, if people are not aware of that, the automatic response all the time is going to be freeze, for example, or it's going to be yeah. um, flight, for example. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. That is so important that it's you're not silly it's not you're you're not doing it you're not selfish because i've heard that um and it's a it's going to require retraining of the brain when yeah. the, when those times when you're triggered by uh, and, uh, and many different things can can trigger you you know as you said you're not silly i've been in marriage meetings um in church settings where a question is asked and i know that that's probably asked by a woman who has experienced sexual trauma. But the answer is stop being selfish, just please your husband. If you stop thinking negatively, you can do it. And um, sometimes we'll put my hand up and contribute because I know that sounds like a woman who is struggling and mm -hmm. she's not being selfish, she's not being silly, she's none of those things. She really is genuinely asking 
what's happening to me, I don't understand, and how do I move on from this? So I'm really glad that you said it, and I hope somebody can get some freedom from hearing that for themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's you know just on the back of that Joanna I think it's it's really tricky because a lot of people who have um, experienced sexual trauma carry a level of shame and guilt. Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, as are so kind of consumed with those feelings of shame and guilt that they don't actually think outside of that. And they don't necessarily have the right um, vocabulary or the right language to, to express what's happened to them. So if yeah. somebody is asking a question that seems a bit off, I think that it's really important to be patient and try and dig a bit deeper and try to find out, oh, where's this question coming from? What's prompting this person to ask this question? And maybe privately investigate a bit more rather than providing a blanket response or being really dismissive because that that just kind of reinforces the trauma for that person yeah, absolutely and you said shame and language and i know where where i grew up we don't have the language to talk about at least when i was growing up we didn't have the language nobody nobody talks about it and sometimes the shame comes from be, the feeling like you it was your fault that if you know it doesn't matter how, how the age that you were it was your fault what did you do mm -hmm. could you have you know all of these questions because most of the the most of the the blame and the responsibility rest with the victim often oftentimes and some of the shame is is that layer of it so being triggered you know mm -hmm. you feel and and as you said we're going back into that place and it really affects how we connect especially when we can't talk about it mm -hmm. or or Alison if we talk about it with somebody who's from a similar culture to us who also blames victims because sometimes that's a cultural thing where well well what did you do well why couldn't you you know and so when let's say in, in the case of a marriage when, and the woman's a victim and when she's triggered and she's struggling sometimes mm -hmm. there there's a lack of empathy and understanding mm -hmm. of well that was when you were five you're now 45 can, mm -hmm. we, can we can we explain like triggers and i know you you talked about it just now but how could that conversation happen between that couple to get him to understand what's going on for her and kind of release some of the pressure and stress that she may feel in those moments I think firstly is just really hearing hearing her out, really listening to um, to what she has to say and and how she's feeling about about what's happened, and yeah. it's really important to listen out for key key emotions, key words like the shame, like um, confused, like embarrassed like you know i felt dirty for example a lot of people say they felt you know dirty and mm -hmm. really validate really validate those those emotions because for a lot of people they've not been heard they've not been validated they've not had an opportunity to um really express how they they feel and they've probably not given themselves the permission to, to voice those things. So if somebody finds themselves 
trying to explain or trying to be expressive about how they might have felt or what what they might be feeling or what they went through i think it's really really important to just listen and validate how what what those feelings are um because it would have taken a lot for them to even start that conversation it would yes. have taken a lot of a lot of thinking a lot of deliberating uh, and and you know if they if they start talking and the other person is dismissive or doesn't listen they'll just recoil and then it's yeah. it's even harder to express themselves and then that you know the the kind of barriers will go up um the the walls will go up there'll be the lack of communication lack of intimacy also all of the problems that you know this thing is causing will even be magnified in the, in yeah. that relationship so the walls yeah. have to come down and we can be compassionate. All we need to do is we need to just really listen attentively and validate and empathize. You might not think it's uh, it, it's serious enough because it happened 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Well, the brain doesn't agree with that logic. The brain mm. will do what the brain will do. So the, you know, the best way to move forward in that relationship, if you really do want to move forward, is to listen is to empathize, is to be compassionate, is to be validating, is to hold the other person. And it might take time. They might not tell yeah. you everything all at once. And you have to kind of work with them at their pace and say to them, it's okay. Just tell me as much as you want to. And remember, I'm always going to be here for you if you mm. need to talk to someone. Because remember, with, with, with that sort of trauma, a lot of the time people remember in fragments it doesn't all yeah. come back as, as at, at, at once so it might be that you remember a small bit because something's triggered that but you don't remember like the full event how it happens from start to finish so you need to be patient and you need to expect that other bits of that narrative will come up at some point later on yeah. Uh, that that's so good, and and these are the keys to um, having close connection in 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 your relationship. When you're able, when you can develop that level of listening and empathy, yeah, and and understanding. And I I believe if you're the spouse that is doing this, that you need to, you you're going to need to lean on Jesus quite quite a lot to be able to to be able to give that. Um, you might need your own support in terms of your own therapy to be able to understand it um but it it really does help to deepen the relationship as opposed to the other way the other way around so if, if your goal is close healthy deep connection in your in your relationships then this is the path mm -hmm. if in the relationship has um experienced sexual trauma yeah. I, I, as talking, i thought about so as you know, it can go different ways. So sometimes when that path is open early, sometimes we use sex as a coping mechanism. There is some level of promiscuity. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that happens because we're searching for love. And, and then there's some people who is completely shut down and touch is... It's a no-no. It's a no-no, right? I'm looking yeah. for the word, right? <laughs> Touch is a is a no-no, and so there we have these we we can have these two extremes that is going on. One yeah. person is dealing with a 
compounded shame because gosh, before I met Christ or before I was married, this is the life I lived. This is this this is one of the reasons why and now I'm carrying all of this. And then there's the person where it touches an absolute no-no. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning how to let you touch me. And it's yeah. not easy for me. Yeah. yeah. Both both have shame, a lot of shame, doesn't it? Yes. And and you know, when we've gone through something that difficult, we we develop um, defense mechanisms that work for us, right? So my defense mechanism could be, you know, you know, my personal space, you know, you need to respect that, keep your distance. And for somebody else, that defense mechanism might be actually to kind of counter the, the impact of that trauma, they'll go out there and try to do a similar sort of thing try to be as promiscuous as as these are all ways of coping we have to understand that these are coping strategies it's not nobody's born wanting Mm. with an ambition to be promiscuous nobody's born with an ambition to be cold or rigid uh, or not affectionate you know and for you know it's it's this this whole topic is is quite it's quite sad, it's quite sensitive because, uh, you know, from from just generally working with people, from my own experience talking to people, a lot, a lot of women have mm. been traumatized sexually when they were young. Uh, and not every woman's like talked about it. And sometimes the very people who will be um, against people who, have been brave enough to 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 come out and talk openly about it are other women i just want to say to women out there that Mm -hmm. if you if you are hearing somebody saying you know i went through this experience please 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 don't don't make it worse for them don't make it Mm -hmm. worse for them um because sometimes we think oh well the the way to handle my own um trauma is just to kind of blame somebody else to project this yeah. um, self-loathing onto somebody else who's been brave enough to talk about it. And that's just not fair. Um, so, you know, even if you haven't experienced um, the trauma, if somebody else is talking about it, because you haven't experienced it, you don't know how bad it is. So don't, don't contemplate pain. Just listen, listen. Absolutely. I think it's, it's the best thing to do, to listen. Um, but I wanted I wanted to to kind of raise that because I know that there's a woman struggling with those two right now, and um, she's never talked about it. She don't know how because of the shame, because of the the fear, and she don't understand what's happening. And as you said, well, the, the, it's one in three, so we know quite a lot yeah. of women sitting beside us in church, at work, on the bus, wherever, in our friendship groups have this experience and there's so much shame around it that it will never be spoken and we want to be able to bring the conversation here on stories that shape us because that's a massive story that has shaped every area Mm -hmm. of your life following that incident and so especially in this area where we're trying to marriage is hard anyway and um this is just an added layer that we wanted to start the conversation on so that if this is your experience, there's so much material that we can read mm-hmm. that um, 
listen to i post um a podcast that i did around this this subject in a group this morning a prayer group that i saw they were posting lots of stuff around um sex and marriages oh and i, I thought, should check me, it out <laughs> I, I thought let me add this perspective because i bet oftentimes it doesn't come from a trauma perspective when they're talking about sex and marriages it's kind of like oh the onus is on the woman be available be available be available be available and we're not considering some of the reasons why she might not be able yeah. to yeah, yeah absolutely i mean I, and you know it's it's amazing work obviously that you're doing that you're you know providing this space um for for people to to either talk or hear about it i think it's very important um the conversation has to start right and you know people are encouraged and motivated when other people are able you know to talk about it and then people think well i i didn't know i thought i was the only one who's like had that sort of experience so i just really want to comment you know the work that you're doing i think i think it's amazing i think that you know i just want to say to you know women out there that we are stronger than we think sometimes and we do have the resources that we need to 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 get to get through things like this but sometimes we need um, we, we need somebody to hold our hands and, and help walk the, the journey with us. And, and that's why, you know, we have therapeutic spaces. We have, you know, programs like this for people to either listen in or share their experiences. And there's, there's healing in sharing as well. Obviously not, not the kind of sensitive details, but obviously, you know, just general experiences of how you've healed or how somebody else has helped you healed or how, you know, the word of God has helped you healed or how your, your community has helped you heal. Um, and, and also any tips for, you know, what, what can, how things can be made worse so that we, we learn, you know, to, to, to not, kind of exercise or do some of the things that are just detrimental to people who are already suffering or struggling. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, on that point of healing and resources that are available and spaces that you can go and talk, if this is your story, I really want to encourage you to, to do that. Um, and I always say, Alison, not because we do the work, but because you the freedom that you'll experience from doing the work is just, it's going to change your life. It yeah. really is. And so, yeah. you know, when I do groups for women who are healing from sexual abuse, uh, I think it's about week three or four that is, you're not, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. Always change. You, you feel the shift mm -hmm. when it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. It's somebody else is telling you and we go and we go into that. So find someone to walk the journey with. Uh, a group of women who are doing the same work, um, who are healing from the same thing. Sometimes shame keeps people from therapy <laughs> to process it and from groups to process it. Um, and I always said, if you're going to a group for women who are healing from sexual trauma, then everybody's there for the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> everybody's there for the same thing. So please, you know, get support because healing is possible. Absolutely. It really is. Absolutely. Is there anything, any last thing that you'd like to say, Alison, before we wrap up? 
Um, I just, well, I think I've said most of it, but I think, you know, like you said, healing is possible. You are strong enough. You can overcome. But also, if you're listening in and you're somebody who is um, supporting somebody who has experienced sexual trauma, also mm -hmm. you need somebody to talk to. So, you know, yeah. join the group, find a community, get the support that you need and you, let's do this we've got this and let's let's do this together yes I, I agree with that you need support too there is a book that i often recommend to people and now i my brain is not helping me to remember the, the author of the book but it's called allies in healing and it's a it's a beautiful book for partners who are supporting someone who's healing because what it does is help you to understand what happens when they're triggered Mm -hmm. Even as they start their healing journey, it helps you understand some of the ups and downs of that journey for her, for them mm -hmm. and what it might be for you. Yeah. It really helps you see. So it will kind of put words to your experience that you've lived maybe over many years. You go, oh, this is this is what it is. So it's called Allies in Healing and um, it's not expensive. You can get it on Amazon. If you are the person that have experienced the sexual trauma, there is the companion book to that is called Courage to Heal. And there are many other resources. Um, the Wounded Healer is mm -hmm. a really good one. It's a book and a workbook, but I would advise you to walk the journey with someone. It's it, sexual trauma is not a self-help healing journey, mostly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, even when, you read, when you read Beautiful Ashes and Joyce Meyer talk about the journey that God took her on, and she in, in that encouraged people, don't do, you know this might not work for you it's best if you yeah so it's it's not it's kind of like not a self-help healing journey healing from sexual trauma no it's not it's it's not at all you 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 do need um you you do you need somebody with the right expertise somebody who is a professional honestly and you know if you have to invest in it please invest in it you will not only heal but you'll learn other like skills and coping mechanisms that will be useful for the rest of your life things like managing depression managing anxiety so you know invest in you invest in you and because you're worth it and you deserve it yeah you are deserve it and your relationship deserves it too yeah and the intimacy and connection deepens in, in your relationship as you're healing and as your partner is understanding your journey, as you're able to share that. And it's just the vulnerability and the honesty that is introduced that perhaps wasn't there before that really helps to deepen the connection. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for coming, Alison. We could talk a lot about this subject. So throughout this week, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm having uh, OBGYN come and talk about what happens when we're re-traumatized giving birth. That one's dear to my heart. So we're going to talk about talk about you know sexual trauma and being re-traumatized and what is that like as a new mom, as a, perhaps you're a new wife, all of those things and the areas that it impacts. We are, it's a safe space. There's no shame here. There's absolutely no judgment here. And we're gonna dive into the, the stories that shape us that are difficult. Let's unpack them together. So I hope you'll join us. Thank you again, Alison. Well, where can people find you, Alison? If, um, cause you know, couples therapist sometimes is not easy to find mm -hmm. somebody who works with couples. Where can people find you? Um, if you're, if you're in the UK, obviously you can just go onto the um, counseling directory and I'm on the counseling directory. Um, if you Google my name, you will probably, 
you'll probably find get my date you can get my details online so um otherwise um ali awoko at gmail.com drop me an email fantastic i hope you're you'll have an amazing day or week or evening or whatever it is as you digest this information just sit with it you know sit with it sit with your journal pray through it and ask god to guide you to your next step that is going to help to deepen intimacy and connection in your relationship but also will deepen understanding of self as you start or continue your healing journey. So thank you for joining me on this episode of Stories by Shapers. I hope you'll join me on the next story. Thank you for listening to Stories That Shape Us with Joanna Daniel. To learn more about Wounds to Scars and the work that we do with adult survivors of childhood trauma and women who experience abuse, you can visit our website at woundstoscars.com.